Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World podcast. I am your host, Phil Pustiovsky. That's right, Pustiovsky. If you're wondering where that name comes from, Czech Republic and today's borders. Somewhere in the distant, distant past, over 100 years ago, some of my, one of my relatives came from the town of Pustejov. So there you go. Right, and today's topic, the worst way to invest in real estate. We're going to talk about what happens when real estate investing goes bad and why that happens and what you can learn from it. So why am I qualified to share this wonderful message with you? Well, a number of reasons. Number one, as you may learn from reading other podcasts, looking me up online, I am a full-time real estate investor, coach, and mentor. I've been doing it for a very long time. I have a great track record. I've trained a lot of people to be successful in real estate. So I've seen a lot. You know, I've coached a lot of people, trained a lot of people. I've done a lot of deals myself. And so I've seen a whole lot of deals. I've seen stuff go bad. I've seen people bring stuff to me when they first join, when they decided to work with me directly. And they have a lot of baggage, a lot of bad deals. I, uh, I get a lot of questions online, a lot of comments, a lot of, a lot of emails. I, I probably answer several hundred real estate-related questions on any given week. So I see a lot. I've been there. And also, I'm in the business of buying real estate from distressed homeowners. Distressed homeowners often have a story. There's something behind why they're getting rid of their property. And oftentimes it has to do with bad decisions or bad things that they did associated with the property, things they didn't know about, and the fallout that occurred thereafter. So I am uniquely positioned, if you can tell, to be able to see a lot of different deals over the course of a long period of time. And I have definitely discovered what doesn't work. <laughs> and that can be just as valuable, if not more, than knowing what to do is knowing what not to do. That way you're not going to uh, lose a lot of ground, lose a lot of money, a lot of pain and frustration. So hopefully uh, here on this podcast training, you'll get a glimpse of how to avoid the worst way to invest in real estate. And let me tell you what that is. The worst way to invest in real estate is to get involved in deals that you don't fully understand. I'm going to repeat that. The worst way to invest in real estate is to get involved in deals that you don't fully understand. And I'm going to unpack that sentence and I'm going to break it down so that we can discover what getting involved in a deal means and then what not fully understanding the deal, what that means as well. But first, let's take a, a quick sidestep and Let's talk about the different types of investments most people make in life. You know, what's a, what's a common one? Buying a stock? So what's the worst case scenario? In other words, if you wanted to fully understand investing in the stock market, what's the worst case scenario if you buy a stock? Uh, let's just say Apple, since you're watching this podcast. If you, if you bought an Apple stock. Well... Apple could go out of business. They could file for bankruptcy. We saw that happen out of the blue with a company called Enron, which you may recall. 
Literally, one day they were on top, the next day they weren't. So it is possible you could lose your entire investment or a whole big chunk of it, right? Maybe you don't lose it all. You sell it just before it totally tanks. But you could lose a lot of money buying a stock. But that's all you can lose, right? For example, once you buy the stock, are you doing any work? Do you have to manage the stock? No. You don't have to do anything. You just spend the money and you're done, right? Either it goes up, goes down, stays the same, but no more work out of your pocket, right? Well, contrast that with real estate. With real estate, depending on how you go about the process of investing, in the real world, uh, that's the name of this podcast, and it's for a reason, because in the real world, things can be a little dicey at times. For example, you could put a down payment down on a property. You could also borrow the majority of the money to purchase it. And at the end, you could not only lose your entire down payment, you could also owe more money. You really could. So real estate can have a more negative consequence Beyond just your original investment. I've heard horror stories about people who have done big real estate deals and have lost much more than they put in. Stories of people who put several million dollars down on developments. And when they were done, not only did they lose all that millions of dollars in their down payments, but they also had to come out of pocket several more million for all the other losses. So... Real estate can have big upsides, but it can have gigantic downsides. So let's unpack this phrase that I brought up earlier, not to get involved in deals you don't understand. Well, let's talk about what it means to get involved. To get involved really means to either put your money or your credit or both into a deal. If you don't have either money or credit in a deal, and provided you do the right paperwork, you don't really have any downside risk, do you? So in other words, if the deal doesn't work out and you didn't have any of your money, any of your own credit, then you have basically no risk, correct? Assuming you did everything illegally uh, and you did everything morally and ethically right and so someone can't sue you, I mean, you're basically in, in the clear, right? So getting involved really means the idea of putting your own cash, your own credit into a deal. Does that make sense? So one solution... Or one way to avoid the worst way to invest in real estate is to simply do deals that have uh, little to no risk, no cash, and no none of your own credit out of pocket. And uh, that's one of the th things that I definitely teach. I call it creative real estate investing. I've done it for years. I still do it personally because it just it's a good way to do business because you don't always know exactly what you're getting into, even if you think you do, which is the second part of the sentence. So things that you don't fully understand. The definition of fully understanding something is knowing exactly what the worst case scenario is, knowing what could completely go wrong. For example, if it's a big development project and you lose money, not only do you lose the development, you all of a sudden have to come out of pocket an extra $5 million dollars. That would be a good example. <laughs> a good example would be if you own a condo and the condo complex knocks on your door one day, uh, the association, and says, look, we're putting in a new roof. Every single homeowner needs to pitch in. Every condo owner needs to pitch in at least $5,000. We'll need that next week. Thank you. Can that happen if you own a condo? Yes. 
And if you own a condo right now, you know you may know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you own a turnkey property that you bought um, from some company halfway across the country. Do you really know what you got yourself into? What if the property is in a bad part of town? What if you have extreme difficulty selling it? What if the tenants won't move out of there because they have some little legal loophole that allows them to live for free for a year? Do you know what you're getting yourself into? Does that make sense? And I, you know, I don't want to scare you here. And you know that real estate is is uh, has got all these places where you could you know lose your shirt and you could you know and you don't really get involved. What I'm trying to do with this podcast is share with you how to navigate and avoid the worst ways to go about this business. And that is technically number one to get involved, put a lot of cash and credit into deals that you don't fully understand. And knowing what the worst case scenario is can help you make good decisions. If you know what the worst case scenario is, and then you're able to evaluate, well, the, the odds of the worst case scenario occurring are like one in a million, then that makes you, you know, then you can start to make more, um, intelligent decisions. Let me give you an example of a one in a million situation. Um, a particular property I was doing a deal on, it was in a subdivision that was really nice, but every homeowner in the subdivision had a septic tank. But the it wasn't in an area that was really out on the outskirts of town. It was kind of an anomaly. Just every single property was on a septic tank. They had never built or put a sewer line in there because the original developer didn't do that. I guess he was trying to save money. Well, that city said, we need to put a sewer in. But the city was broke. And so the city went to every homeowner in that subdivision and told them, look, we're building a new sewer system. You owe us $20,000. And a lot of the homeowners, it was older subdivision. They were older people that had their homes owned free and clear. And they literally either had to pay them $20,000 or they stuck a big fat lien on their property for $22,000. True story. But that's probably one in a million. But it can happen. If you own real estate, somebody can come put their hand out and ask for money from you. Whether it's the city or whomever. (laughs) It's real. The homeowners association. So... Getting involved in real estate has a lot of upside, but you have to understand before you go into a deal what you're getting yourself into, and that is so critical. I'll give you another good example. Um, Tax lien investing. So often, I hear touted this idea that it's basically guaranteed money, and it's just, you know, it's the easiest way to earn good interest on your money. Well, tell that to the people that bought tax liens uh, in in this part of Florida and other parts of the country, whereby if the if the if the tax lien didn't get redeemed within that two year period, that it went to tax deed sale, and if nobody bought it at the tax deed sale, you'd get the property back. Now, some people would say, "Well, that's great. That's what I wanted." Well, if nobody bought it at the auction, that must mean you didn't get a good deal on it, which means that you're stuck with the property that nobody else wants to buy. And that's a problem. I mean, what if it's a sliver of land that the city demands that you continue to get mowed and, 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 and keep it in good condition, but you can't sell it? That's how it became a tax lien to begin with in many cases. Because the person couldn't sell the property. They said, oh, forget about this. They just stopped paying their taxes, their property taxes. And so it went to tax sale. But it was kind of like good riddance for that homeowner. They're like, yeah, I don't want that, that stupid sliver of land. Did you know that? 
maybe you don't even know what tax lien investing is, but if, if you dig into it, you'll see that every single type of real estate investing has its ups and its downs. And you've got to know what you're getting yourself into. Otherwise, you're putting yourself in a position to not only lose money, but you could lose big money. And certainly you could lose your time because real estate, unlike stocks, requires your time. Even if you hire a property manager, talk to anybody who's owned a couple of turnkey properties, especially long distance ones. You still are, it doesn't matter if there's a property manager, there's still work for, for you to do. But there's a benefit to that as well. Because what's great about real estate is if you have to get involved, if you have to be involved in that, in that investment over time, you also learn the business pretty well. And that's kind of nice. You know, I've talked to celebrities and, and uh, pro athletes, some of which come to me for real estate investing advice. And so often what they tell me is they say, you know, Phil, what I like about real estate is that it's real. I can touch it. I can feel it. Unlike a stock where I don't even know where my money's going. I say, but you know, the great thing about it was I, you know, they give you a story about how they bought some real estate and they didn't really know what they were doing. But what they were able to do is by the fact that they had to deal with that investment, they learned and they educated themselves and they went out and they got books and they, they went to trainings and seminars and they invested in courses. Some invested in mentors. And so what they were able to do is as a result of having made that commitment, in fact, some of them getting involved in deals they didn't fully understand, they had to work their way through it. And that ended up being a great benefit to them. So those are just a couple of, uh, of the, the, the pitfalls you can run into. Uh, there are millions of them. I would, in fact, encourage you, if there's a way you can get back to my website, freedommentor.com. I, I put up a blog post about this, the same title, Worst Way to Invest in Real Estate. I'd love to get your comments. If you've got any war stories, horror stories of deals gone bad, uh, I'm always interested in hearing that because you can learn so much from those experiences. Especially if it's not your own deal, right? If <laughs> you didn't have to, you know, lose the money or, um, or, or experience that lesson the hard way, all the better, right? Uh, but I'm all ears. I love hearing about that stuff. Um, not that I love hearing somebody fail, but I like to hear about those major lessons because they can be extremely valuable. I've learned a lot from the mistakes I've made and I've learned a ton from the mistakes of others. I've been very fortunate. You know, one of the biggest mistakes people make is getting lucky on a deal that works out real well. There is a lot of people that happened to in the mid-2000s. They bought real estate. They thought real estate was uh, such a safe investment. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were getting themselves into. And so maybe they bought it two years later. They sold it for, for quite a bit more than they bought it for. But that's also because we were in the middle of a real estate bubble, the biggest one in history. And then, just as quickly as it went up, it went down. And so a lot of people... As if it was musical chairs, they didn't have a chair when the music stopped. So what had happened was they had gotten lucky. They got a deal just buying it normally, nothing intelligent. They just bought it, and the market just magically went up. And they sold it a few years later, made a bunch of money, and they got lucky. And that was actually a detriment to their education because now they had a false sense of security False sense of how it really works out there, how it really works in the real world. So I, um, I'm always a little nervous when somebody does too good too early because sometimes that can cause problems later when they aren't experiencing the same amount of luck that they were in the very beginning because there's nothing lucky about this business. It is very much a systematic, 
if you follow the right rules, the right steps, the right um, procedures, you have the right resources, you can be independently successful, independently wealthy, no matter what part of the country you're in. But if you don't fully understand what you're getting yourself into and you fully get involved in deals, you might be sorry. Okay, so how do you avoid this? Well, we talked about a couple of ways. Number one, you go ahead and educate yourself. I, I still believe the best way to educate yourself above anything else is to get a mentor. But certainly, it also helps to listen to podcasts like this. Go watch videos. Check out my YouTube uh, channel. I got a lot of great videos on there. Go get my book, How to Be a Real Estate Investor. That's a great place to start as well. But also, even when you get started, I think it's a great idea to start by doing deals that have little to no risk. Don't stick your neck out there. You know, do deals with no cash or credit involved. That way, if things go wrong, you don't really lose much. You know, yeah, you don't gain as much, but you don't lose anything. It's a good way to start and really get your feet wet. For some people, I know this sounds crazy, uh, they sell uh, basically shares in real estate investment trusts publicly. I know I'm kind of going against my rule about stocks that I was talking about earlier, but in this case, you can buy, quote, stocks in real estate companies um, and more specifically, you can put money into real estate investment trusts. Now, you're not going to make all that much money. It's usually a standard return, but that's a safe way to get into real estate and not have to ever learn the business. I still believe the best thing to do, though, is really learn this business, really dig into it, be patient with yourself, and you will discover that this is a wonderful way to become independently wealthy. All right, well, I want to appreciate, uh, thank you, and I do appreciate you being on this podcast I want to ask you a quick favor, though, um, and I brought it up a little earlier. If you could navigate to my website, freedommentor.com, go to my blog, find the article, Worst Way to Invest in Real Estate. And what I'd like you to do is if you know of any just horror stories, deals that went terribly wrong, share them with us. I want to hear about it, and I think everybody else could benefit, too. So please share your... Uh, what you've discovered, and this is really about the bad deals, the deals that went sour. That's where you can really learn a lot. All right. Once again, I'm Phil Pustiofsky with Freedom Mentor. Learn more about us at freedommentor.com. And I am signing off from this episode of Real Estate Investing in the Real World. The worst way to invest in real estate is, that's right, getting involved in deals you don't fully understand. <laughs>